Hello and welcome. Thanks for listening. This is Embodied Astrology and I'm Renee Sills. In today's guest episode, I talk with artist, cultural worker, and dream conduit Blanca Villalobos about dreams and intuition and how learning to listen and work with our dreams can help us navigate the world and our place in it. Blanca is a proud queer daughter of Mexican immigrants and comes from a long line of dreamers and educators. Currently, she is developing her practice on indigenous land of the Cahuilla and Serrano and is holding space for community healing through her workshops on holistic health, spirituality, and dreaming. You can find more information about Blanca and links to sign up for her upcoming workshops in the show notes. Before we get into the conversation, I want to offer a deep and heartfelt thank you to all of the Embodied Astrology subscribers. Your monthly donations make this podcast possible. If you like the show and want to be a contributor and get lots of cool subscriber perks, go to embodiedastrology.com forward slash subscribe. Do you have, I mean, I think a lot of people have their own theories about what the dream world is. Do you have one or do you have an idea of what it is or, or how it works? Um, I I mean, I think I, I have a few theories. I mean, for me, mostly it's been, Like it, I feel like it's like a, it's like a, it's a very large space. It's very expansive, and it holds a lot of different places. Like, I can be in a dream, and I'm just processing my interpersonal relationships. That's like one experience, and it's I'm working with like, the you know I'm working with the things that I'm not holding space for when I'm awake. That's like one. The other one is like traveling having these out-of-body experiences and traveling and and really like exploring um that world um and some other ones are just like messages that i have either from my ancestors or from teachers or um like i'll have dreams like the one i had of you and so that it's not like i'm not processing like our relationship but I'm having an experience where I'm getting like downloads about you for you. And so I'm just the intermediary. Like I'm like a, this like conduit, like, I need to pass along this message to Renee. It's one, it's one area where at least my, I think where I believe my ancestors use to communicate with me because I'm very much involved in the dream realm and they know that. And they're very happy with it, which makes me really happy. And so, like, they're like, "Okay, well, we can talk to Blanca through the space," you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not—it's not to say that I see them, but I—I I know that they're there, and that's why I'm getting these messages. And so, I feel like there's a lot of trust built into it. And I think because I'm getting better and better at discerning messages, and then and then passing them along to people, that I'm getting more and more because I'm being trusted with more of this work. Right, because you come from a lineage of dreamers and dream workers. Is that that's correct? Yeah, like I, my dad will have, like I grew up, my dad having dreams about the house that we have in Mexico that he built. Um, like he'll dream that something happened to the house and the next week he'll like have a plane ticket to go. Oh, or wow. he'll there. And he'll get, he'll get, he'll get there and whatever he dreamt about happened. Like maybe not like word for word but something did happen and so to me I was like really he went all the way to Mexico just based on a dream and so that was my dad listening to his dreams and and honoring his own intuition and he doesn't he doesn't approach his dreams in that way but he does dream a lot and he does honor them in in his own in his own ways yeah, I'm, I'm noticing your chart as you're saying that and kind of marveling at um, the placement that you have of Uranus on your midheaven, like the highest point in the chart. Mm. And it's often the most social or the most public place where we are in our worldly kind of identity. And um, Uranus is a weirdo, right? Like it's an, it's an iconoclast or a revolutionary or a rebel or someone who's doing something in really different outside of the box ways. Mm-hmm. And um, you also have Saturn there, uh, a conjunct with it. And so Saturn helps us to manifest and materialize on earth and be grounded in, in what we're doing. And when 
Saturn is in contact with one of the outer planets. It's um, uh, kind of a portal or a door, if you want to think of it that way, um, between the, um, the insight, like idea realm that Uranus is often speaking to, this kind of like download, awareness, intuition, um, and then how we have to act, how we have to manifest it. There's different kinds of experiences that we have when we fall asleep. There's different, like even like, I don't want to say categories, but different kind of dreams that we have. Um, and for the most part, like I'll, I usually will dream about my friends or people that I've been in contact with. And then I'll start, you know, I'll, I'll start seeing them and, and not just seeing them like as like figures in my dream, but like really seeing what they're going through in their waking life. Yeah. It, so that's, you know, and I, and I really care about my friends and these people that I'm like engaging with. And so again, it's just like discerning, like, is this message for them? Is this message for me? Is this message for me to share with a wider group of people? And then if, you know, again, if it's, if it's for a particular person, what is my, is, is there, um, has trust been established between us so that I can share that that I had a dream about them, you know, and also being really considerate about the words that I use um, when I explain to them what's going on in, in the experience that I had. Um, so like, that's kind of, that's been my process when I get like messages or downloads when I'm asleep around people that I care about. And then I'll also dream about like, my big family members and, uh, and and I still I'll told you before too like one in particular visiting me um, and just really and like telling me something that you know would be really would be I think harder to hear in person like in the waking room but I think because it's in the in my dream world and I'm really comfortable there it was easier to kind of con like consume and kind of like let it settle in my body and my heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm remembering a text you sent me maybe a year or two ago um, that was like a request, you know, like, um, or an invitation that you'd had a dream about me and um, did I want to hear it? And then, of course, I did. And the image you shared with me was so incredible because um, I don't know if you remember this. What I'm remembering is um, that you had seen me somewhere and that I was just saying love to you over and over, that I was just saying love, 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 or something like that, um, which was a beautiful image and like really heartwarming, but then also that it came at a time when I was doing so much work in myself to um, cultivate love, like, a, and a deep self-love, and um, that it was a very heartbreaking moment for me too, because you know, probably all of us have experienced that the process of like really working with self-love can be quite heartbreaking. Yes. Um, and it just, it felt like a very touching and, and important affirmation at that moment that you communicated it to me. I, like I said, like, it's, you know, like I'll get, I'll experience things and I see people and like, uh, for example, if I, if I were to, if I were to dream about you again, and I, and it could be that you're just there for like a blip. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't even see you, but I sense you. And that just having that much of information in that space, I know that like I'm supposed to relay this information to you. But then again, it's like having, like learning how to really then interpret the message appropriately for the person and then pass it on to them in a way that is, you know, can, for me at least, like I want to do it in the most thoughtful, considerate way. Um, also depending on what the message is. And um, something that uh, a teacher of mine once told me, because I was also dreaming about people telling me things. And I remember my, my, my teacher, Al Mooney, um, she's, my, she's my voice and sound teacher, she said to me, sometimes we dream about people that we respect or admire and the messages that, are tell that they're telling us are really messages that we're trying to tell ourselves, but because sometimes we have a hard time listening to our own intuition or to our own thoughts, we need someone else 
in that space to like to mirror it or reflect it back to us. Hmm. I really appreciated when I took your Dreaming Through Uncertainty workshop a couple months ago. I really appreciated the way that you invited us to think about our own symbolism. And I'm wondering how you have developed your um, translation ability as a dream worker when you feel into symbolism. How do you, how does meaning arise for you? Like, how do you come to your, to your symbols? And do you have some kind of feeling or cue or intuition experience that um, resonates for you when you connect with symbolism that, um, that is meaningful, right? That is like, that's bringing you the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I have pretty, I have a pretty bad memory. Like I, if I don't write things down, I tend, like I, I can't remember them. And so like for me, uh, journaling and remembering to journal, not just the things that might feel like a bummer, but like the really awesome things that I'm doing like that feel good to me, um, has helped me contextualize the dreams that I have. Um, and so like I, when, I, when I have a dream and I have a hard time interpreting it for myself, I'll often like look back at, I'll, I'll refer to like my journal or previous dreams also, because sometimes we'll have dreams that are connected, but that just show up in different times of our lives. So there's kind of like a, a series of things that I do for myself when trying to make meaning from the symbolism. I will sit with like, what is my relationship with that? object or a symbol that I saw in the dream of that person before like you know I don't I don't do dream dictionaries but I will sit with like my what is my own relationship with that and then if it's something that I'm not really familiar with uh, something that I do encourage people to do like say like I dreamt about like a certain crystal or not even crystal but like a, a place like a geographical place I have never been to I'll just Google it and be like, where is this place? What does it do? Like what, what, what exists around there? So just like really objective, like I guess facts. And, and that really helps me figure out like, okay, if this place was made around this time by these people, um, there's these certain landmarks there or the weather is, is like this, then it allows, it helps me figure out maybe like the essence of the message or why that landmark or location came up for me in the first place. I also do check in with friends and have them, again, people that I trust that I have an established relationship with, I will ask them again for consent. Like, do you have the capacity to hold space for a dream? Um, and I'll ask them, you know, to, to listen and then to reflect back to me what they heard. And that is so helpful for me getting out of my own brain and having someone else kind of like narrate my dream for me um, to learn about like maybe things that I missed. Um, and sometimes because these people have been in my life for, for a certain amount of time, they'll remember things that maybe I, did, I didn't remember. And I think also too, and I don't know if it was in your class, but there was someone that asked about like, oh, what if we don't remember our dreams? Or what if we asked to like, to rest instead of dream? What if we are losing out, out on all this like really important messaging? And like, a, again, like my immediate like response from my gut was like, don't get attached. Mm. So like, I also have to be okay with the fact that there's a dream that, I'm ha- that I've had and I still don't understand what it means and it's okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna toss it in the trash. I'm just not gonna, concern myself with it right now because again like the dream world doesn't is non-linear also so sometimes we'll have dreams that don't won't really make sense because we haven't had a certain lived experience in our waking life yet Mm. that's really interesting so are you saying that the dream world doesn't exist in our linear time space continuum yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) how do you feel and experience that it helps me obviously learn about non-attachment, like not getting attached to things or people or experiences as being more, being just present with what I have and what I'm experiencing right now. There was one experience I had, I also wanna say was like either 2014 or 2015, where I had sleep paralysis and 
um, there was a child that I saw in my room. Even though my eyes weren't awake, I could see her. You know, I knew that uh, I knew what she looked like and everything. And she was holding my hand, and um, I was so scared because, like, you know, based on like all the, the horror movies that I've watched, I'm like, children are so scary and, and horrible. <laughs> and, and to be honest, it was like, I think I was even more scared because it was a white child. And I was like, why is this child in my room? Why are they holding my hand? And uh, I, the only thing that I, I knew that if I could, if I could only just move one part of my body that it, it could stop, like that was a knowing that I had. So the only thing that I was able to do was that I was able to squeeze her hand and she squeezed back and it freaked me out about that even that like the fact that like she was engaging with me in that space was also scary but it worked like I woke up immediately and uh you know I again like I I wrote about this and even if I hadn't written about it it was still so vivid and so specific that it has been lodged in my memory and a few years later, I ended up living in a another in another communal ho- uh, house in, in Portland, and I ended up meeting that child in person. Wow! Yeah, and it was really incredible. It was scary, also because I had you know I had to check in with the parent, and I had to, again the consent discernment. Like is can I even talk about this with this, with the child and the, and the parent of this child? And, you know, it is about establishing trust. And, um, and I eventually ended up t- uh, sharing it with that child. Um, and she was just like, so recept- like recept- receptive of it. Didn't say much, but like whole- really was, was really listening. Mm. And again, like it, it was, you know, it was an experience that, what doesn't exist doesn't doesn't like fit into our like linear thinking of time like i had this sleep paralysis experiences sleep paralysis experience in like 24 2015 and then i met the child in the waking life like the real living child a few years later okay so you have so much Gemini (laughs) in your chart and I'm really yeah really touched by this like idea of um Gemini as as the translator between what is conscious and what's unconscious and I feel like you know a lot about that but I'm I'm curious um about your own association with this sign and yeah, how you might feel into its symbology or, um, or not what you think about when, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, one of the, one of the moments where I was, you know, doing really brief research on Gemini and the, the, just the symbol that it's represented by. I remember reading about it being like a portal or a door. Yeah. And and then like um, the idea of like the underworld and then the earthly realm or like, you know, the sky and just being able to, to go to all of those places to, to um, travel through all those and, um, and then also carry messages throughout. And that, I remember when I read that, I was living in Portland, I was like, wow, this really resonates with me because at that time I was already uh, really involved in my dream work. And I thought a lot about that, about like when I, you know, the things that happen in, in like spirit realms or in the dream realm, like thinking about those things, not being literal and having to make meaning from them and then being able to translate them in a way that makes sense for me in the way, in my waking life and what I'm experiencing. Um, so yeah, this, I, I've talked to other Gemini friends too around here, especially, um, this artist that, that used to live in Joshua Tree, her, um, her name's Mary Evans, who, she, and her art is amazing. She makes portals, which I thought was like a Gemini thing. Um, and so we, I got really excited talking to her about 
being a Gemini sun and um, seeing as portal as like ways to transform and evolve, but also to process. And um, there have been multiple experiences when I fall asleep where I'm like dreaming about doors or windows and then going through them or like crawling, yeah, crawling through them or going through them or seeing doors that are locked and not having the right key for them. So this idea of like, yeah, like stepping into this unknown because I don't know where these doors or these portals are going through, but being brave and having the courage to do that um, and to hopefully be able to come back. Um, I also see this when I have out of body experiences when I'm dreaming. So I feel like my body can also be a portal and so my energetic, energetic body will, will leave, right? And there's this process where I'm, um, yeah, detaching myself from my physical body and then I'm experiencing this whole other thing and then I have, and then coming back to myself. Yeah, so that's been something of, of a lot of interest for me when I look at, when I think about Gemini and I, and I see the little symbol and it looks like a door to me. Growing up, obviously I only knew about like your sun sign. I had no idea that there was like, that birth charts existed or what that meant. Um, and so growing up, I was always really interested in astrology and there was sometimes where I would read horoscopes where I was like, that doesn't sound like me. Right. Because I was a very emotional child and a lot of what I was reading about Gemini was like, they're not emotional. Right, right. <laughs> not vulnerable um and I felt very I felt like I was very uh emotional emotionally expressive and at times I had a really hard time knowing what was the what was like the best or healthiest outlet for that emotion so when I found out about uh, my other placements it made a lot more sense to me I feel like you mentioned this before in either our or our conversations or just online but about how there's like traditional rulers of of, of zodiac signs and then there's other ones i know for gemini it's like i hear a lot about mercury mm -hmm. but then there's also like venus yeah and so I, I i'm really interested in that because um that like that, that bridging between like the mind and the heart is really important to me um and i want to be i want to always be in practice and, and learning how to transmit and communicate more from a heart-centered place than just from like my head. Yeah, that's amazing um, that you asked that. It was something that I was thinking about with everything that you just shared. So Gemini in, in the Western astrology canon at least is associated with Mercury and Mercury is associated with language and naming um, and with the kind of mental function and what the mental function is really good at doing is comparison and contrasting and then telling stories. And whenever there's a comparison, um, which is pretty much immediate as soon as we have language, like we have a, we have a story, we have a preference, we have an ego. Um, and then there's a kind of separation. So whatever it is that we're perceiving or speaking to or even experiencing in ourselves, the language function and the comparison function um, can separate us from it. And that can be really useful because um, it allows us to objectively um, maybe explore something or to separate from something can give us an important perspective. But in... Um, in the, the soul-centered astrology tradition and the esoteric astrology tradition, there is um, the idea that this, the signs and the planets have different kinds of resonances. And so on the earth plane, um, Gemini functions through the mind, through the mental process, through language, through the, the separating um, function, etc. But as we move more into the realm of the soul, and the soul could be understood as um, the part of us that is timeless, that is limitless, that's also um, the space where we are interconnected with a larger kind of, of soul or spirit in our um, phenomenal world, but also outside of this phenomenal world and other realms, that Gemini is a connecting force and that the connecting force happens through 
love. And so the soul-centered ruler of Gemini is Venus. And um, when you were sharing a lot of what you were sharing today, I was thinking about that and thinking about how over this last couple of weeks as we've been moving through Gemini season um, and with everything that's been arising, how, um, you know, how I've been trying to, to listen and also the, the feeling that I've had a lot that, um, that I was sharing with you that we were talking about of um, awareness of urgency that arises when my mind gets really stimulated. And so when I have a lot of information coming to me or when, when new information is suddenly starting to click, which I think is happening for a lot of folks right now, it's like maybe since you know 2016 or something, or I don't know, it seems like that evolution of the last four years with definitely in the US, you know, between the summer of 2016 and um, I, that was Ferguson, right, in 2016. Um, and then Donald Trump's election that fall, it's like, I think a lot of, especially white America has been on this like, like big learning curve, you know, and that in the last couple of weeks, a lot of things are really starting to hit home. And so a lot of the language that people have been hearing for the last few years is starting to make sense in new ways. There's um, the, the cognitive um, experiential integration that's happening, I think, for a lot of people where concepts and theories that maybe they've, they've started to become more familiar with are starting to make sense or they're starting to see it play out in ways that are more tangible. And so the mind is getting really stimulated, right? And a lot of people are talking and there's all this information and there's all these calls to action. And then it can feel really natural and impulsive to go, okay, like, what am I gonna do? And like get into this planning mental space. Yeah. But to, to, to actually like take a moment and pause and listen and really try and connect through the heart um, is something that's maybe even for some of us sometimes counterintuitive because we feel like we have to act quickly. Yeah. And Gemini is definitely a sign that you often hear the word quick associated mm -hmm. with it, right? Um, and so that impulsivity that can come from the mind being stimulated and one thing leading to the next really fast um, can also be part of how Gemini expresses wounding, right? And so a lot of people will talk about like the evil side of Gemini, right? Or like something that's coming out really quick or it's unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, and so the evolution of the Gemini nature, which everybody has, everybody's working with in their own charts, is to learn to listen from the heart and to learn to communicate relationally and energetically. Thank you. Yeah, I, I always have, like when I started learning about that, um, which has been pretty recently, um, or just like really fascinated with, with like the collaboration between the heart and the head as someone that's a Gemini or anybody's like Gemini placement in their charts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Blanca, do you have any ideas, like, this is a, a really powerful moment, it seems, in our current evolution here on Earth, and um, there's so much changing, and in the last couple of weeks, it, it feels like um, maybe something has opened, maybe something has started to shift after um, so many experiences in the last um, decades of, of more and more awareness around racialized oppression and violences um, in the black and brown communities, especially in the US. And it feels like a lot of people are um, communicating with each other in new ways um, and having new visions about how things could be. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any ideas about how working with dreams or other forms of intuition, I know you do other kinds of communication work, which I hope we can talk about too, but especially dreams and intuition, like how can they help us navigate through this time? Yeah. Um, 
I, the, the week that I was going to, the week, the week that I, that just passed a couple of weeks ago, um, where I went to three actions for Black Lives Matter, I wasn't, I didn't dream much those nights. I mean, I did dream, but I wasn't remembering a lot. And it's because like I was catching up with rest. And now in the last few days, like, because I've been resting more and taking naps, like I've been able to, to continue dreaming, but I'm remembering a whole lot. And um, I think, again, it's just like, I keep, I keep thinking, because I'm also organizing the people here in the high desert, how this is a long term commitment. This is an ongoing effort. It has been an ongoing effort. And so we need to be, make sure that we can, the work that we're doing is sustainable. And so um, I think also when I'm, when I'm doing dream, when I'm doing dream work, like I have to learn how to rest because I know I get a lot of information in my dreams. And if I'm not, if I don't have access to that, it's also a part of, it's also how I'm in service to people is to be able to get those messages and, and relay them to people, whether they're just like my friends or community members or like a bigger community. Um, listening to your dreams, contextualizing them like in what's happening now. And again, like discerning, like, is this, is this message for myself right now? Is it something that needs to get passed on to someone? If so, how can I do that? Um, a lot of folks were telling me that they started dreaming a lot more when the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a lot, again, like a lot of those dreams were like nightmares or they were like direct reflections around like loss and sickness and all those things. And I feel like Again, there's this, there's quite a different, there's, there's different experiences that we have on in when we dream. They can literally just be reflections of what's happening in our waking lives, and that's good. That's good. Um, I mean, not all the time because we don't always want to dream, dream about those things either because we're already living them. But I think it's like it's a way of us to kind of flush out all that kind of stuff that we're still processing. And then the more we continue doing a practice, we can flush more of those things out where we're just kind of processing and then come to a place of like receiving messages and for ourselves, like downloads, um, being able to check in with people, um, getting to a place where we ask our dreams for things that we want, you know? I think that's something that, I mean, I know for me, I never knew I could do that until I had an amazing therapist, Pilar, who's Colombiana, tell me like, Blanca, you can ask your dreams for things. And I was like, what? And so again, like learning how to, like communicating with the dream world is not just one way. It's not just the dream world communicating with us, but it's also us having to communicate with, with that space and where we can ask for things. Like I've, I've asked to learn, I've, I've asked for, I've asked for like cues on what to do with my creative projects. Mm. I've asked for help on where should I live right now? I've asked for help on like, I just met this person, like, you know, it, it, are they a safe person for me? You know, could they be a safe person for me? And so I think there's also like a lot of agency that a lot of folks don't know that they have in the dream realm. And so considering what's happening now, like kind of going back to our, when we first checked in at, uh, in the beginning of this call about like this feeling of like urgency and like wanting to do something immediately. I think it would be really beneficial for people to not just reflect on their role right now in the waking world, but if they're, if you are someone, if, if, if someone is interested in working with their dreams, experimenting with, with asking your dreams, how can I be of service in this moment in a way that's sustainable, you know? And so asking questions and um, being very specific and also know, understanding that it's a practice you know, it's, it's a practice, it's like, you know, people right now really want to organize and they've never done any organizing work. And so we don't know, we, and if you're someone that's very new, you don't have all the, you, you know, you, you need to really sit with other organizers and follow their lead to learn about how to do this work. Because again, it's like, it takes practice. Like I'm, I've only been doing organizing work for 
you know, for most of like the last five, six years, mostly when I was living in Oregon, but like there's still so much that I don't know about. So I have to be really, I have to be very clear with what I can offer, what I feel like I'm quote unquote an expert on or feel more experienced in and be really honest. Like I would love to do things like cop watch, but I have no idea what that even is. Like I have, there's, I have no framework around that. So really like, learning from people that have been leaders in in those spaces um but again to get bringing back to dreams like if you're someone that feels comfortable in the dream realm and you want to have maybe some different kind of support outside of the of the waking world like really asking your guides in, in your dream space like how can you how like what are your gifts maybe you're doubtful of your gifts maybe you don't know how you can be of service and um, most of the times, the things that, you know, we kind of have a feeling of how we can be in service, but we need, we need like, we need like that affirmation, the validation from something else. Um, so maybe you'll have, you'll ask that question and you'll see like an elder in your dream or you see a friend that you trust, or even just like some celebrity that you admire and respect that will tell you, like, or, or, or show you. And again, like um, when we ask those questions, they're not, we won't get literal responses. You, the, our, the response that we get from that, from that dream realm won't be literal. So then we have to do the work of then weaving out the meaning from it and, and following our own intuition. So I think, I think that that can be something folks can be doing now is if they need some kind of support about how they can show up or also like, being accountable too, that's something that I just was like thinking a lot about, about how our dreams are, the dreams that we have are also like, we're also having them because they're trying to keep us accountable to what we're doing in the waking life. Um, there is a comment that was made on my friend's page, my friend is a black femme, where this like white woman kind of inserted herself in, in this thread and shared about a dream and so I, I took it upon myself, like in my responsibility to go and, and, and kind of reflect to that white woman, like, oh, it sounds like you were dreaming about white feminism and white, and like white, this white savior mentality. Um, we also have dreams that hold us accountable. Maybe that's something that, that, that were mirrored to us, the lessons that we should be, the work that we should be doing right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for a lot of us who, whose ancestors took part in genocide, um, you know, whose ancestors are our colonizers, our settlers, like um, some of the work that we should also be doing is in the spirit realm and in the dream realm is working through all that stuff, you know, and learning how to do better. And so really having conversations maybe with their ancestors in that, in that way if that feels good to you is a great way to have accountability because then you can, again, do then the, do that work then in the waking life like tangible work around that yeah um i'm wondering from your perspective as a communicator of many forms you know as a as a dream communicator as a person who communicates with plant spirits and animal spirits as a bilingual person and a translator and a performer and an educator you're doing so um much work in so many different ways to to communicate and to transmit do you have any ideas about how collectively we can improve our communication skills right now at this time when it feels so crucial and essential that we are able to listen and and hear one another yeah i the first thing that came to mind that i saw was like and this might sound really strange for people to hear. Um, I would invite people to like hum mm -hmm. and just sing to yourselves, just like talk to yourselves, um, ask yourselves questions. Um, but really like um, um, there was a moment a couple of days ago where I was like, fine, like, I mean, I was also my moon but I was like finally letting myself like cry about all the things that have been happening. Um, and I found myself like sitting on my kitchen floor, like, like sitting. And then I, I like, I sensed myself getting small, which is something that I know sometimes I do when I feel scared. 
And then I realized that and I was like, and then I just was like talking to myself and started like singing to myself and just telling myself like, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm protected. I am, you know, I have people watching me. I have my ancestors watching me. I'm not by myself. I'm loved, you know. Um, I have many gifts. I have many things to share. And through that humming and singing, I actually came, uh, actually like a, like a chant or a mantra came up, which I also shared on my social media, which I can share right now. And it's, um, I wrote it, obviously my, my brain sometimes usually thinks in Spanish first, uh, and later on I translated it, but uh, in English it's, I have a voice and I will use it. I have a body and I will use it. I have a heart and I will use it. I have a spirit and I will use it. Black Lives Matter. And I just repeated that again. Um, you know, just reminding like, you know, reminding ourselves that we, we do have these things. And, and again, discerning, yeah, I have a voice, but there's certain spaces where I shouldn't be using my voice. I should be listening. And I should maybe be using my heart instead and just really listening with my heart and an open heart. And that's how I can be of service in this moment. And, that, and that's something that I offer anyone if they want to use that mantra or something to reflect on. Because these are all things and we have many more that we can be that we can use in this in in this moment in this movement. But again, it's just like that discernment of like, okay, I'm in a space where um, I should actually just be listening instead. Or I, I'm in a protest. I'm not black, I'm a body in this space. You know, I'm listening with my heart. I'm here in, in, with my spirit. And that's how, you know, and I feel like those things have been really helpful with me when I do want to communicate and transmit messages. When I do have these Zoom calls with my comrades about how we're gonna establish a mutual aid in the high desert. And it's really, a lot of it is just communicating sharing our, our own capacities, sharing, checking in. That's something I learned a lot from my work with Pocha Radicales in Portland was like, so many of us were best friends and then collaborators and then even roommates. <laughs> and so one of the, the things that I took away from that and what, what I want to cultivate in, in my organizing efforts now, especially when we have like these like meetings to figure out what we're doing, is instead of talking about the work, just being like, how are you? How are, how is your family? How are your animals? How is your, how are your plants? You know, how are you? You know, what I really, what I really love about organizing and activism is that you don't need to be out in the streets. You don't need to be on social media doing your activism work. You can be the person making food for your, for the community. You can be the person that is creating plant medicine or that is teaching young people about what's going on. Um, you can be someone that's tending a garden. Um, you can be someone that takes their, their dogs to, to people that might need animal companions, but that can't, don't have the capacity, the resources of animal companions. And when I think about like different ways that people can, can do organizing and activism work in different capacities, I think about my mom, who is an Aquarius and, um, I remember growing up, I grew up in a Catholic family and I went to church. Um, I don't identify as Catholic culturally, yes, because of how I grew up, but I don't, I don't go to church. I don't, I don't have a faith in that, in that way. But I remember growing up, my mom gave me the, the best advice and the best lesson. She said, and you know, she, she knows that I don't identify as a Catholic, but she knows I have a, she knows about my belief system and she told me she's like if you ever want to speak to God or to whoever it is that you pray to or speak to at night or whenever she's like you don't need to go to church you don't need to go to it pretty much she's pretty much she was saying you don't need to go to, to an institution to speak to a creator to to speak to spirit you can do that in your car you can do that while you're washing the dishes you can do that in your bed you know, and I think in the same ways, 
I see that in like organizing efforts. Like we don't need to be out in the streets to be creating change. We can do that at home. So those those have been the, those have been my thoughts around communication and transmissions. As someone that does that does a lot of that in in various ways, and something that I want to offer to people um, is just being really, again, doing that work in a thoughtful way, making sure it's sustainable for yourself, having a support system, um, and being okay with saying that you don't know what to do. Do you have any upcoming workshops? Uh, yeah, I have one that I'm really excited about um, on the 26th of June. It's from 4 to 6 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time. It's called Dream Conduit. And um, it's a condensed version of a workshop that I used to teach called uh, Recordar y Recopilar, which in English means remembering and like gathering. And so Dream Conduits is specifically for gathering around dream recall. So I'm gonna guide people through a meditation that I have to bring in a dream. And, and then that, you know, the student that, the person that um, decides to take the class might have like a dream that they already like are excited to talk about or to bring in. And I always tell them, you could have a dream already in mind, but sometimes when we do this meditation, that won't be the dream that comes to you. Mm. Um, because it could be that you, there was a dream or experience that you had while you were sleeping that really needs to be honored in this, in this moment. And that's the one that is going to come to you. So we're going to be doing meditation to do that. And then, um, and then go to this practice I have that I really love in a group setting where we're going to help each other do interpretations. And that, yeah, I'm going to guide people on what kind of questions we can ask without projecting our own meaning onto that person's dream. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that'll be on the, on the 26th of June. And um, yeah, and, that, and that's the focus. It's just gathering together to call in and honor um, dreams or experiences that we've had when we're asleep. And then with the support of the group, sharing, people can volunteer, can volunteer to share that, that whatever came into the meditation and then we can help each other out, like facilitate um, questions for that person's own interpretation. Hmm. Yeah, so that's the 26th. I am going to be doing a dream intensive class. I still haven't confirmed the dates, um, but it might either be in mid-July or, uh, or in August. Um, so uh, I usually post updates first on my newsletter that people can sign up through my website, which is, my website is just blancasvialobos.com um, and then I will eventually post it on my Instagram which is the same same name but just with the dots blanca.s.vialobos. Great and are you currently working as a um, as a dreaming guide kind of a, a coach for people? Yeah yeah thanks I yeah so I'm always open um, to do dream consultations for people I can do them in English in Spanish and Spanglish they're really fun because um, literally you can come in and you can we can talk about whatever you want. So you can talk about a very specific dream, or even if you want to like sleep, just general questions about dreaming, dream practices, sleep paralysis, out of body stuff. Um, and again, I will answer all your questions. And if I don't know something, I will say I don't know. And I will I can offer like recommendations on people that maybe do the more specific work and can reference you to them. Um, yeah, and if, and if the person that is, is wanting to do the consultation is also open to invitations to like doing, working with plants or um, creative expression, I'll also recommend certain exercises or, or plants that might be helpful. Yeah, yeah, I really loved when you did um, a consultation for me, you helped me kind of connect with some plant allies and different practices. Yeah. Um, and do you do that type of work as well? Other kinds of uh, artistic, creative facilitation and um, events, things like that? <laughs> yeah, so um, I have been making more plant medicine. I, I, I still identify as like a baby herbalist. 
I make very small batches. Most of the medicine I make is for my family um, because my family, uh, a lot of us, myself including, myself included, uh, need some support for our nervous system. Um, and so I, usually the, the batches that I make are for them and then I'll share them with like people online if they, if they feel called to it. So right now I um, am really excited because I processed uh, a batch of rose tincture and these roses um, I harvested them around May Day and they're for my mom's garden um, and those roses have been there for anywhere from like 25 to 30 years. Wow. They feel really special, um, and so I'm I'm making like blends with that tincture, and um, going to be sharing them at some point with the larger community. But I'm also making at in this moment I'm making I'm um, I'm in the process of making self care like kits or boxes for BIPOC people in this moment and centering um, black um, black folks at the same time. And this is a conversation I've been having a lot with my friends here up here in the high desert <clears throat> that I'm <clears throat> sorry that I've been organizing with is that <clears throat> right now I have the capacity to <clears throat> be of service by facilitating space like meetings and organizing and also by making plant medicine. And so and also understanding that and I saw this somewhere and I can't, I'm, I'm like forgetting the person's name, but there was a, <clears throat> a thread that I saw that was um, specific to, to people that are, are white healers or white herbalists or white caregivers, body workers. But I also think it also applies to non-Black POC in that if we're gonna be offering our services of care to Black folks to really, again, pause, please pause and think about why you're doing this. You know, how are you going to engage with that with, with that community and work on your own, work on your anti-blackness before you provide those services. Yeah, the need to understand that this is a long-term um, process and project and that if we wanna be helpful, it can't be performative. For more information about Blanca and her work, and to find registration links for her upcoming dream and chakra toning workshops, take a look at the show notes and follow her on Instagram at Blanca S. Villalobos. Be sure to follow Embodied Astrology at Embodied Astrology on Instagram and Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and networks and tag Embodied Astrology on any posts you make. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.